there, everyone. My name is Ari, and welcome to Made of Metal, a motivational podcast where we tell stories about regular people overcoming insurmountable odds. So you guys, wow, such a good energy this morning. So many reasons. Like I said, I have been really traversing this burnout. Well, the end of this burnout, it feels like, with so much optimism. And today's um, guest... Uh, this young lady, I can't even get the words out. It, when I get these stories that cause so much um, raw emotion within me, I'm just so excited to get them out and share this feeling with as many people as possible. And as we all know, my CPTSD is basically centered around my dynamic and relationship with my mother. Now, this can look different across the board. And I always love highlighting stories with this dynamic because it's so uh, often swept under the rug. So often there's the shame and the blame on the child, but you never, that you never hear the child side. It's always sort of the, you know, this dogma of you basically have to grin and bear it with your parents. So today's guest, hundred percent made of metal, loved, loved chatting with her. Anya, thank you so much for being on this morning. Mm-hmm. Thank you for having me, Ari. I'm really looking forward to chatting with you again. Yes, absolutely. Me too. It's been a long time coming (laughs) with the crazy Colorado weather of, as usual, always getting in the way. So please, please feel free to introduce yourself and jump right into your story. Okay. So I am Anya Stoddart and I am an acupuncturist and a meditation teacher. Um, I got into meditation around about 15 years ago. Uh, so that was in my early 40s. So thank you for calling me young. That's <laughs> yeah. quite a side. Um, Absolutely, yes. <laughs> <laughs> um, so I got into meditation for uh, several interwoven reasons. And one of those reasons was I wanted to sort out my relationship with my mum. So since I was a child, My mum had relied very heavily on me for maintaining her sanity and trying to keep her spirits lifted. And by the time I, well, after she had my sister, which was when I was about age 10, she got really bad postnatal depression and told me that she felt suicidal. And so I went through a process at that time of having a little mantra saying to her every morning before I went to school, I'll see you tonight. And every night before I went to bed, I'll see you in the morning. Such a burden for a child, truly. It was a big thing, um, but she didn't do anything. So hopefully that was an influential process. She also did get external help as well. So. By the time I got to my teens, I was really tired of being the support mechanism and I was ready to spread my wings and escape and get out there, which I did, um, going away to college and everything. But I really felt my mum was like dragging me down, hanging on to my coattails and everything because obviously she's my mum she still wants to know who I how I am and stay in contact and everything but I really resented all of those phone calls and Mm -hmm. having to visit her because um it just dragged me back into that I've got to look after you scenario all the time 
and I was tired and wanted to escape that. So, yeah, I got to the stage, um, yeah, moved up to, moved quite a long way away from home, so I didn't have to see her very often. Um, and that got to the stage where I was only seeing mum and dad three times a year because that was as much as I could tolerate. And I really resented doing even that, actually. But early 40s, dad was obviously getting much older. And if I wanted to see him before it was too late, see more of him before it's too late, I needed to spend more time at home visiting. And in order Mm -hmm. to do that, I needed to resolve what my relationship was with my mum. So the meditation sort of kicked in. Um, I've been a yoga teacher, so I knew what meditation could be like. I'd done my training as an acupuncturist. I knew how influential meditation could be from that direction. So I was like, yep, this is the route I'm going to take. I found a brilliant teacher and started working with him. So once I'd got the basics of meditation in place, I can sit down, calm myself, have a nice, relaxed space of mind. Then you can start doing the more challenging stuff which is then looking out, uh, in my case, my relationship with my mum. How Mm -hmm. am I going to try and understand her and why she is like she is? So that was my starting point. Why is she like Oh, my gosh. So difficult. Uh, Oh, my gosh. I mean, especially in the space that you, I'm assuming you were in that moment where you are, and, and thank you, number one, for being so honest and transparent about your feelings, um, surrounding this and, understanding like when you were, you know, said like, you know, having to visit them even three times a year at that time you resented. I, it's like, we, we've all felt that way and, you know, but wouldn't, don't want to admit it. So thank you for that. That definitely. Yeah. It, it, it was, it's, it doesn't shine a very nice light on yourself in some ways, mm-hmm. but also, mm-hmm. you know, you have your reasons for doing it and there's a self-preservation aspect to it. So it can become exactly. a bit of a, a mashup of different feelings um, and you're trying to work out how you're going to navigate that. So the meditation gives you that calm mind space in order to sort of take a peek at what's going on in quite a gentle way uh, without getting into all of the judgment of her or yourself. And just literally go, well, what is happening? And you're standing back on your mountaintop to see what's going on without getting mushed away with the, with swept away, should I say, with the emotion of it. Mm-hmm. So um, I came up with uh, an idea that I was going to visualize my mum as a tree. So she was a very dried up, old, wizened tree, like an old um, olive tree in Greece on a very stony patch of ground which meant I could understand that she didn't have many resources. She didn't have much water. She didn't have many nutrients Mm. in the soil. And that influenced how she'd ended up in this shape. So she had no choice about that. So peeling that a little back further, I was like, well, what were her nutrients that she didn't get? Where was her water? And that started me thinking about what I knew about her history. So she was one of six. Her mother had had mental health problems, had gone into hospital. All six children were given to an aunt to look after. So Mm. there was already this sort of history of mental illness in the family there. Yes, yes. Then when her mum came out of hospital, she took five of the children back and left my mum with the aunt. So that was, so my mum was, I guess, chosen by the aunt as the one that she wanted to keep. I don't really know. But of course, that, generates the whole 
narrative for my mum around abandonment issues uh, and not yes. being loved and valued. Yep. So to survive that, she built herself a suit of armour, which got her through it. But it, you know, it became bonded to her body. It was a, it, she became that dried up wizened old tree and couldn't be any other shape than she was because that had what got her through to that stage. So once I could go, oh, you know, would I have felt any different in that situation? Would I have responded any different? Probably not. Um, so I can get her and I can be a bit more patient, more tolerant and a bit more forgiving of how she is because she has no other way of working. So that made, that gave me the capacity to grow sort of patience and tolerance a bit. Mm -hmm. And that meant I could be more patient and tolerant with having conversations with her. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying it was a magic wand. And there were still times when she drove me nuts and I wanted to smash the phone off the floor. Yeah, of course. But, <laughs> but um, I was able afterwards to go, remember why she's like this, calm yourself down. So the next time, because you're going to have to phone her again, you are going to see her again because, you know, this thing has got to happen. More contact's got to happen. Mm -hmm, You've got to get mm -hmm. yourself in the right headspace to be there next time. Yeah. So one of the uh, uh, ways in which uh, the particular style of meditation I do helps you tackle difficult things is this idea of reverse how you see it. So when you have an enemy uh, a demon in your life, someone who really upsets you, you say, thank you. <laughs> thank you for teaching me patience and tolerance. Thank you for giving me an opportunity to practice. So oh, you're reversing how you see it. And rather than love going, it. I can't bear yes. talking to you, you can go, thank you for giving me this opportunity to practice. So that puts you back into that calm heart and mind space. And the practice that they're giving you is maintaining it no matter what they do. Um, so, yeah. So it, was, hmm. yeah. so it was still tough. And it didn't. Yes. Whilst I could deal with it better and my mum did respond in a, in a better way more often. And every mm -hmm. time she did that better responding, I awarded her tree a little green leaf. And sort of like there's a little bit of extra water going up and she can be that little bit more fluid, which is great. So I could yes. recognize those little changes. Um, but then she developed dementia. Dad died. Obviously, that's going to be a big trigger for a lot of mental health problems to get aggravated. She started developing dementia. So that's another trigger of things getting aggravated. So, so there was still a lot of tough years and I really had to rest into my meditation a lot to deal with everything that, that was dealt with. So the back end of this story is mum went into a care home just over two years ago, which was a massive relief. And I then got, because I then wasn't in the, I've got to watch out for her, watch out for what the carer is doing, speak to the police, speak to the ambulance, mm -hmm. speak to the fire brigade, mm -hmm. whoever has been involved. I then had the space to go, right, we haven't got much time left now. You've got to get down to the crux of this. She needs to know that she is loved. When she leaves this earth, I want to know that she is loved. Because, yes. again, if, you, if you're taking that Buddhist idea of rebirth, which I don't know if it's right or wrong, but if it's right, I want her to go out with a positive vibe so that she's got every possible chance next time she's reborn that it's an awesomely good life. Yes. 
So I had to overcome my resistance to saying to her, I love you. Um, we've never said any I love you's in oh, my yeah. family. Any yeah. physical mm-hmm. affection was shown to the dog or the cat. Yeah. Um, it wasn't shown between humans because that was dangerous. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So um, in the last year, I started off every single meditation by visualizing that I was saying I love you to her. And then um, whenever I was with her, I was trying to act in a loving way. So I still didn't articulate the it verbally because it, it wasn't the right thing to do. But I tried mm-hmm. to give her the vibe. So, yeah. Um, and I feel that that worked because she died last month. I'm so sorry. True. And I feel that she went in a happy way. I I'm speechless. Absolutely speechless for the amount um, of inner work that you had to do just to reach. I mean, ultimately, truly viewing your mother as a human being who is flawed, but still worthy of love and not holding, you know, all of that sort of animosity towards her, especially in her final moment moments where you're exactly right, where she needed love the most. Yeah. I absolutely love that analogy of that olive tree analogy of the, you know, the, the olive tree that is struggling to survive. And because it does not have the resources, you're exactly right. Not has the, not ha- had the love, the attention, the validation, the recognition, that is just such a powerful, powerful vision of you meditating, having to visualize, you know, expressing love to your mother. And because it exactly what, what you're saying, it doesn't feel natural to mm-hmm. say it. You have to kind of like, but the fact that you were able to articulate it anyway is just amazing. Absolutely amazing. Yeah, it was a definite step like a same almost literally a year ago when I'm like, stop beating around the bush. You just got to start doing it. Just start mm-hmm. saying it and, and away you go. So it's a bit like, you know, jump it, going down a big ski slope or something where you're, oh, you're going to breathe in and then off we go. And so yeah. there was that. I've got to get myself over the resistance, but I know I'd been working on shrinking the resistance. So it was only a relatively small thing that I needed to do, but I did deliberately need to make the decision to do it. And how did meditation, like like you described, obviously it played a huge, huge role in you, like using visualization and, and those sort of tools. How did it help you sort of we- wear down that resistance you initially had and sort of help you change your perspective on how you viewed your your dynamic with your mother? So there are a number of different of mantras that were integrated into my meditation over a period of time, which are about, so one of the uh, first ones is about letting go of your anger, mm-hmm. letting go of your clinging and fixating to a particular point of view, let go of your indifference uh, stroke ignorance of a situation. So that is, there's a there's a particular sort of sequence of words that goes with that, and you can combine mm-hmm. it with a particular breathing sequence. 
Um, you oh, are expelling expelling those feelings uh, mm-hmm. within your sequence. Um, and every time you do that, part of your mind is directly where it should be, focused on the letting go of the thing. But the mm-hmm. other part is going, have I just, have I, what are my tendencies? Have I just been doing this? So to begin with, I thought, I'm not angry. Yeah, right. <laughs> and then you go, right. Well, you are. <laughs> um, so yeah, the beginning was like, I don't, I don't suffer with anger. Do, 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 do. But yeah. uh, <laughs> and then going, do you know what? You really, really are. And right. then there was a period of time where I'm going, I'm not clinging and fixating to my point of view. And then you go, actually, you really are. Yeah. And I'm not, I'm not indifferent or ignorant of, you know, what's going on. And then you go, actually, you really are. And so the fact <laughs> yes. that we're doing this meditative work every day, there are these little micro seeds just coming in and giving you an opportunity to think about it. It doesn't have to be a massive thought. It doesn't have to be a long train of thoughts. It's just a pitching a little light coming on and going, actually, look into this a bit more. So that's where right. you're using your mindfulness out of your meditation time and going, hang on, what are you thinking about before you do this phone call? What are you thinking about afterwards? What are you thinking about on the drive down? <laughs> what are you thinking about when you're there? So oh. you start to go, oh, I'm going to start tracking what's really, really happening. Mm-hmm. And then you can see if it's a big thing or a small thing. Is it something that you're actually going, well, hang on, I don't want to feel like that. So I need to do something about it before it becomes embedded. So you start on this little journey of working out where are these little things or big things that you need to start working on and how are you going to start to do that? So Awareness. The mantra, that, that man, yeah. So that mantra was the start of that. Mm-hmm. And then there was a specific mantra. Um, no, tell a lie. It's a specific uh, series of meditations which have been uh, curated by the Dalai Lama, one of which is very specifically saying thank you to your mother for looking after you when you're a helpless baby. I mean, obviously, if that doesn't mm-hmm. scenario doesn't apply to you, you use it. But before... You know, when you're a baby, you don't know anything. You're reliant on someone else to feed and water and change your nappies and everything and to teach you right. to walk and, and talk and all of those things. Right. So if you start rewinding back to that space and your mom, your mom was trying to do the best she could in the situation she was in. So it's another way of going, enlightening yourself and going, uh, yeah, OK. I know a lot of crap has happened since, but at that time she looked after me. And that's part of the impetus of going, right, so now you need to switch it around because she needs the care in the best way that you can do now. Yes. Oh, my gosh. This oh, this is uh, this story and your story and you as a person are just such an inspiration. Truly, like, I, I mean, I'm truly floored by, number one, the, the um, ability for you to transform yourself and like you were saying, to be able to have the self-awareness to say, I, I'm not angry at the time, you know, I'm not angry, but I am, I am the things that I may not have thought I was. And why am I continuing to do this? It's so, I, I just, I just, it's such a radical way of thinking, honestly. And it's just, but it's so healing. 
Mm-hmm. Before we wrap up, is there anything that you would like to share or or tell the audience? I've got, uh, so I do a six month meditation course called Wisdom Mind, which is a framework based around the transformational process I did right at the beginning where I got to the point where I could start visualizing my mum and starting the work of turning things around. Uh, so the next round of that will be happening this autumn. There is, if you want to jump onto my email list, you can do that coming onto my website, which is wisdom-mind.co.uk. There's a nine breaths meditation, which is a free download you can do. So that nine breaths meditation is the starting point of everything that I did and added on to that afterwards. So it's a great way to get going and get in the groove. And um, what else is on there? Oh, the other thing that's on there is the um, how meditation helps anxiety and depression. So just coming back to my meditation diary, I was like, I'm never going to be depressed. I'm never going to be anxious. Yeah. You You have been. You are. But we learn. We learn. We learn. Yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so that's a free download and um, very shortly that will link up to a, like a mini exploration of meditation course, which I'm writing at this very moment. Um, so that if you've never meditated before in your life and you're like, well, what is it all about? In reality, you'll be able to test it out. Awesome. So many tools, so many resources. Oh my gosh, which I love. So everybody, please check out the episode description Check, check out those tools, check out those resources. You've heard the, the effectiveness. You've heard how well these things work. The honesty and transparency you heard today is a testament to, to these tools. Meditation is a invaluable, invaluable resource um, that we can all lean on. And like I said, this story just shows how far you can go. It can take you. And yeah, I just want to say... So, so much. Thank you so much for coming on this. Like I said, just such an impactful story. I just feel it directly in my heartstrings. And I just really, truly from the bottom of my heart want to say thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for having me on. Um, it's, it's, It's been lovely to speak to you, Ari. Really loved it. Yes, me too. Really lovely. You really have changed my perspective on so many things and have really just started the cogs going. Truly, it, it's just so, that's why I just love having these conversations. And I truly hope everybody listening also, it just sparks something in you, it just planted a little seed, something that you will want to, you know, explore. And again, check out the episode description follow up, connect with Anya. This is one of the best episodes, honestly. Every episode, I feel this is just so, it's so good. So I just thank you again for coming on. Um, Everybody, you guys already know the deal. Again, speechless. Just want to say I love each and every one of you. And please do not forget to bloom where you are planted. 